Welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. I am so thrilled. I have a wonderful guest with me today. His name is Professor Swice. He is Associate Professor of Philosophy at City Colleges of Chicago. He's also head of an organization or a ministry called Logically Faithful. Thanks for coming today. It is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great. So let's, let's start off by what, what is Logically Faithful? What is your ministry about? Well, Logically Faithful is designed to help the believer to think and find hope through suffering, specifically through the most difficult periods of people's lives, using the profound evidence we have for our faith in Christ. Uh, it's helping the thinker to think deeper and a skeptic to think and to believe. Okay, that's very deep. I have to unpack that for a second. So you mentioned a believer. Let's start with what is, the, what is the definition of a believer? The believer is one who had given their life over to God or finds substance in the spiritual or the transcendent. And of course, I'm rooting that in the Christian tradition, but all others are more than welcome. Uh, and that's a believer, not just an advocate. Um, so when I say believer, I don't mean it in a general parochial sense or the sophomoric sense, I meant it into the deep sense, one that makes finds significance for their life in that belief, rather than like I believe that there's a, a Eiffel Tower in Paris. Okay, great, but that doesn't alter my life. Uh, but if I believe in, as opposed to trust in, my doctor who prescribes a life-changing medication, that's a difference. And that's the type of talking uh, I'm speaking about regarding belief in God. Okay, so I, I, I like to really, really look at the choice of language that people use. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm interested that you said the words, people are welcome to come, which implies that your belief is leading the way. Can you expand on that? Are you, are you saying that Christianity is kind of the way and others are kind of going in the same direction behind? I'm just trying to figure out. Sure. There are a myriad of different opinions in our pluralistic culture of different belief systems, true systems, points of view and opinions, and everybody and their mother has a different religion. Yes. <laughs> so the key is how, how do you determine which one is right and how, which one's wrong and which one is actually solidly based in history, fact, and evidence? Mm -hmm. That's an important question you asked, Dr. Polton. It's, it's a profound question and it, it impacts the deepest part of what it means to be human and to find out significance and meaning in our lives. Um, so when I say I follow Christianity, not Christianity proper per se, but Jesus. Okay. I think the life and the work the death and resurrection of Jesus is um, something not to be ignored by anyone, no matter what the religious or faith background is. Uh, I think the evidence for that is absolutely amazing once you look into it and start unpacking it. Let's talk about that. What, what kind of evidence are you referring to? Uh, well, I'm referring, uh, if you were to look at the large scope of human history and you were to see which organization or which people group or which uh, uh, person has done more good for the history of the human race, Jesus always comes out on top. In almost every area, whether you're talking about art, technology, medicine, it's the people who gave their lives to Christ who have impacted the world in profoundly remarkable ways. I'm here at an educational institution in the West. And the educational institutions in the West are foundational for the creation of um, educational 
um, aspects of life. And that was primarily done by missionaries who founded the Ivy League schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Oxford, Cambridge, across the board, and they begin to spread like wildfire across the area. And it's the, with the reformation of Martin Luther, which just occurred at uh, the tail end of last year, uh, mm -hmm. shows us that uh, questioning our belief system, questioning who we are, and not giving in to what the authorities say is foundational a point that Jesus himself was pointing out to people to say, come to accept me, my door. I knock at the door. Anyone who's willing and able can open that door and their life can be transformed. Okay. Um, not just in the area of education. You could talk about other fields as well. Um, so when Jesus spoke, he didn't just give out great mantras and great poetry. He actually did miracles to back that up. Uh, mm -hmm. There's historical evidence that, that, uh, that substantiates that. So now, that. So there are also uh, people who believe in Buddha, uh, who believe in Prophet Muhammad. They believe in different other, other religions, and they, they also believe they are believers and um, going in the right direction. What is your analysis of that? I'm, I'm of the belief, and it may be too right. simplistic to believe this, but I really think that um, you know, no one really knows who or what God is. Is he a he, actually? Is, or is he a she? Is it, is it uh, a person? How does a person look? We, we, we've seen different images of, of, of who um, God is supposed to be and who Jesus is supposed to be. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on your belief about how other people are also worshiping the oh, same right. entity. So whether you're looking at, it's, whether it's Buddha, or you, whether you call it something different, I think everyone's pretty much um, if, if you believe in something higher, that you're also, you're, you're, you're basically preaching to the same thing. Would that, would that be correct? The question you're posing and, and the, the analysis you're giving is just is profound because the implications of it are life-changing. Okay, so I'll, to answer it this way, so I used to do some work um, and with um, American Airlines and uh, people would check in and they give their passports indicating the city they need to go to. Uh, one gentleman came up to me one day and asked to go to Liberia. So I checked the database, an international database of passports with visas, and I told him, sir, I need a visa from you because you're holding an American passport. He told me I don't need a visa. I said, you do. He said, I don't. I said, you do. He said, you don't. We went back and forth. <laughs> he told me I go there every month. I'm a businessman. I don't. I said, well, sir, my computer says that if you're holding an American passport and you're going to the country of Liberia, you need a uh, visa. He said, I'm not going to the country of Liberia. I'm going to Liberia and Costa Rica which is South America. Uh-huh. doesn't need a visa for it. I said, wow, it's good you clarified that. Because although we were referring to the same wording, we were actually talking about a different entity, a different referent point. Um, so when I say God, and a Muslim says God, uh, when a Buddhist says God, they're not referring to the same thing, although we're using similar terminology. Mm -hmm. Sounds like we are, but we're really not. And yes. that applies to many fields, whether you talk about justice, racism, woman, sex, politics, whatever the field is. That's why it's so important to question the presuppositions and question the people who ask us, what do you mean when you say that? So with that said, uh, although many religions use the same terms, they're actually referring to different points in that. Um, for example, um, I come from the Middle East. My family is heavily uh, entrenched in that culture. And hmm. the vast majority of people identify as Muslim okay. one or another. My family and others, we are a small minority in the Middle East who identify as Christians. Okay. Uh, but, but that identity, of course, has to be taken on as an individual level as you mature. And you're from, it's from Jordan you're from, right? Correct? That's correct. Yes, okay. Right next to Iraq and Iran and the most peaceful regions on earth, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, more peaceful than some of the places on the south side of Chicago, but I digress. Uh, the um, area there that we're discussing is the question of truth in, in religions. Um, so when a Muslim says, I believe in Jesus, um, he's referring to a prophet, mm -hmm. nothing more. When a Christian says, I believe in Jesus, he's referring to the son of the living God manifest on earth. 
And for a Muslim, that's blasphemy. Actually, it's called shirk. It's a, one of the highest, most degrading sins that could send you straight to hell, if you believe that. So although they say the same words, they're not referring to the same thing. And neither are we referring to the same thing when we talk about heaven or woman's rights or equality. We both shout out the same mantras. Oh, we both believe in women's rights and women's rights. But do we? What do you mean by women's rights? What do you uh -huh. mean by racism? And when you start unpacking that, you see the differences are profound. And, 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 that, just, and that is the, the beauty of diversity, that people, people think differently. People, people are, are entitled, luckily in this country and, and, and Canada and other places, that you, you, you can practice religious freedom and you can, have, you can think differently. Um, what I've encountered, however, is, some, is, is, is when people um, attach... Um, I guess, worth to some religions over others. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give you an example. So I lived in the South for quite some time mm -hmm. and I was uh, criticized quite a bit for not going to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm of the belief that because I, go, because I don't go to church every Sunday does not mean that I'm less godly than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I had witnessed many people who went to church every Sunday and Wednesday <laughs> who, and their behavior. If, if, uh -huh. if, if, if we went to going by behavior, I'll, I was Mother Teresa compared to them. <laughs> so, so I just I, 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 I think the, the beautiful thing is that we can uh, have our own truths and mm -hmm. we can have our own beliefs. Uh, I think we can get into trouble, however, when, when, when we impose on other people or, or make other people feel bad because they don't necessarily ascribe to um, someone's way of thinking or someone's way of believing. And, and I think it's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. would, you, would you not agree? It is a very personal thing, but it's also a personal thing that has public ramifications across the board, especially if a person speaking about it is somebody of leadership, whether they're political or religious, ideological, and things of that nature. Uh, regarding the issue of truth, um, we talk about this in, in almost every semester in our courses, where you have, you have a group of people who try to impose their own versions of their belief of system of reality upon everyone else. And if you don't walk the line and toe the line, we will we'll cut you out, we'll silence you, and in some cases, people are killed for it. And sadly, human history is riddled with that. However, the line has shifted, uh, Dr. Polkin. Um, right now, the people in the, in the, um, the authority figures in culture are, are secular liberals, whereas in the past, it was religious fundamentalists who would not allow the uh, secular liberals to have their say. Now, the tides have shifted. Those in, the, in the, the area of power will not allow the other side to speak. You think so? I, I found that in many cases uh, where people are stymied in their communication, um, for example, many areas in, uh, in the academy, for example, where I teach, mm -hmm. I've had debates on different topics, whether it's global warming, racism, religions. But when I had one on homosexuality, wow, you should have seen the vitriol. My secular progressive friends at the college passed out petitions to shut down the event and possibly get me fired just for debating the topic of whether homosexuality is an ethical practice given the current climate of the day, uh, whether it's carried on from the past or whether it's biological, et cetera. All we were doing is debating it at a college for goodness sake and they didn't even want to have the debate i can understand that uh given that it's a possibility of offending is is very high and if you don't have the right person facilitating it can become like a it can be the worst thing ever but uh, but i agree with you that i think um anything can be can be debated and discussed on especially on a college campus and the issue of truth you bring up i mean people will say uh, there is no truth in life everyone can believe whatever they want or smoke what they want whether it's legal or not it doesn't matter do what you want uh -huh. here's the problem they actually believe that to be true Okay, so let's, let's, okay, let's, let's well, they say there's that. no truth, but at the same time, they believe that what they're saying is actually true. It's a self-contradiction, what we call in philosophy, cutting your own throat, or it's sort of a contradictory statement. It's like saying, I can't speak English. Okay, so for, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at 
the, over your shoulder. It says uh, the time. Is that a is that a, a real Time magazine cover? I, I don't think I've uh, seen that. Yes, it is. Uh, May okay. two thousand seventeen. Okay, so is Truth dead? Mm -hmm. That's a deep. That's a deep question because people. Everybody has their own truths. I say people have their versions of truth, but they don't have their own truth. I can't wow. suddenly say that it's true for me that I have hair, no matter how much I believe it. It's not gonna happen just because I believe it. I don't have. Do you do you do you, shave, do, do you shave your hair? I do, but not. Okay, but it's, it's so, so that so that means, so that means hold on. So that means you have hair, but you're choosing not to display it. Well, uh, I wish I could display more than this. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I'm, what, what I'm what I'm getting at what I'm getting yeah. at is uh -huh. is is people have experiences and especially in my work doing diversity work and and, yes. and i found it i find it extremely important to meet people where they are and so whether you are uh, uh you know you, you've been raised to 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 practice bigotry uh to be closed-minded towards different people i meet you where you are because i think that they, people are operating under their own truths and 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 they've they've, they've been taught a certain thing mm -hmm. and and moreover if they've, if they've had experiences that that actually uh, support what they already believe, what their truth is, then, 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 then what do you do? So that, that's how you begin to kind of, um, you know, to work with people. So when you say that someone has their own version of the truth, it, mm -hmm. it's who, who actually, who, who, who owns the truth? Well, the problem is that's the, that's the, yes, the, the million dollar question, isn't it? Who owns the truth? Uh, all people ask me constantly in my ethics classes, when we get into issues, debates on questions of abortion, euthanasia, uh, terrorism, and, uh, control within the NSA monitoring our electronic devices, et cetera. They say, well, who's to say that A is wrong or B is wrong? Who's to say? That's not the question Good we should question. ask. <laughs> Unless the answer is actually God, right? Who's to say, well, God. Well, other than God as a reference point, the, the answer to the question, I think the best answer I found is the one with the best evidence. That's who's to say. If you have evidence behind your position, if you're able to articulate it in a way that's understandable and persuasive, you can get a lot done. You can reach a lot more people. But I don't think we can go to the extreme to say there is no truth and people just make up their own. Otherwise, you'll have uh, people saying, like, for example, I'm a woman because I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a woman. I'm a man here right now. I can just say what I want. Um, I'm, a, I'm president of uh, Uganda and I have four wives. Well, I don't have four wives. And I'm not president of Uganda. Just because I say it and believe it doesn't make it so. Oh, no. And I, and I, I, I firmly, I'm, I'm, I'm in no way am I um, suggesting that um, we just throw, throw away, you know, what, what truth is. Truth is truth. There are truths, definite things that, you know, like you're, you are wearing a blue jacket. I'm wearing a red jacket. Uh, you're wearing glasses, so there, there, there are things that, that are that are that are in terms of their 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 accuracy. I think it's, it's non-negotiable. But I'm but I'm I'm more or less speaking more to um, people's beliefs and their right. and their and their experiences that shape their truths and and, and shape and, their lives too. and shape their lives exactly yeah and um and 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 I and on the other side of that I will I will also in in, in um devil's advocate what I'm saying too is that sometimes people also have had experiences that make them believe. Um, that that so for example, uh, let's let's say someone has has uh, experienced really really bad things with with one type of one, one group of people, so right. they would then believe that all those people in that particular group are act a certain way because because that that, that becomes their truth stereotypes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. that, that's definitely that, that, that. That's an example. So, and, but sometimes, you know, or, or eventually, you will, you, they will encounter something that kind of contradicts what they're already thinking, and mm -hmm. then, and then in that way, that 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 starts to beginning, that starts to beginning of shifting their their think, their thinking of of, of their, their their truth that they've had at that very moment. Right. So I'm not I'm not trying I'm not disputing, like science for example. We've talked about science in the past. Can you can you explain that? So science is 
you you can't you can't deny science. Well, well, science is full of philosophy behind the sciences. For example, the ones references you you talked about with people like some of my own students tell me of cases of where they've been harassed because of the color of their skin or because of their race. And a lot of times, um, sometimes I've come from a background, conservative background, which tells me all these people may be playing a race card or, or a sex card or whatever you call it. And oh. the, the term itself is just, I know you told me it's full of, okay, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. it's pregnant with meaning, isn't it? I can't stand that term, race card. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. When, when people say race card, that, 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 that automatically just, 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 it, 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 minimizes the person's experience in my in my in my belief right uh it 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 says oh you're just playing the race cards it's dismissive mm -hmm. and and which is which is not fair because if that's somebody's experience let's go back to the truth if that's somebody's experience then then, then who are who are you or who am i to tell them that their experience is, is not correct and moreover if you're not if you don't have that same if you don't live in the same skin and mm -hmm. i happen to live in the same skin people of color know they know when they're being treated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. improperly because because of the race so that race card thing it it, it actually it, it it gets me going as you can see that's <laughs> uh, one of the reasons i brought it up if, if, uh, if you mind if i throw the question back at you no problem um, what would um what would be a proper response to somebody who throws the question um when, when uh, somebody explains their their experience of going through a, a racial um uh, racially fiery uh a situation and the the standard response is oh that's just you just saying that because you're black or you're saying that because you're you know this background etc it's just as a race card what what would be a proper way to address that kind of a terminology uh and nowadays i, I think i think like if in any situation where anybody's encountered any situation where they've been mistreated or they they that they've made they've been made to feel bad mm -hmm. you be empathetic and you say you know I'm, I'm oh i'm sorry you went through that uh and and, and listen just sometimes people just want to hear um, uh, they want they want somebody to hear what they're saying and to validate their their experience. You don't necessarily have to agree with it, so but listen. you but you can but just listen and validate it. And okay. and and again, I you know I actually in, in, in my book I, I I analogize this to to a pregnancy. Mm. So I've had two children. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a child? I don't think I don't think so, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, through but, my wife, yeah, through, but, through your uh, wife. But but I'm saying as as a as a woman, of course. Yeah. So 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 you will never know what it's like to give birth. I can tell you what it's like. I can be descriptive as much as possible, but you will never have that experience of giving birth. So it's the same kind of situation that the, the lens in which we should look through is, is to, be, to be empathetic and to understand, you know what, I, as much as I can, I can understand how that person feels, um, um, I, I empathize with that person and, 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 and understand that you don't fully, you could never fully understand how that person is, is, is feeling and how then what they, what they go through. So. Right. Okay. I see what you mean. And when I say that is as a professor and you know, you've been teaching too, um, some of my students have claimed that I was racist when they get an F and I've had that huh. thrown at me more than once. So what, uh, on what grounds one student was actually caught cheating and they had witnesses in the class and apparently I'm racist cause I gave them an F. Um, so those types of things are oh, minimized wow. the actual legitimate claims yes. of racism that come out throughout culture. That um, is true. And going back to that biblical issue um, and, and what the scriptures talk about this, that talk about in the very first book of the very first page of the very first chapter of the Bible, it says there that all men, that God specifically made all people, male and female, he made in the image of God. He didn't restrict it to race, to creed, to societal references or ideology. That's right. No, all people, 
including women, are made in the image of God. And it wasn't until later that we started to fracture each other and divide each other based on groups and ideologies and, and, and race and color. And I think it's a social construction that has been detrimental throughout history and to the lives and the history is riddled in blood with this type of ideology. And the more we address it, the better we get at it. And I think throughout history, we've gotten better at it, although we have a long way to go. We have yes. a long way to go. And one of the things you mentioned is being empathetic and listening opens the door. And I think um, the modern climate now with the Me Too movement has allowed, because people are actually listening to the victims, more are able to come forward rather Absolutely. than being and pushed back. Absolutely. And, and that climate of, of openness, being able to embrace the victim rather than make the victim the perpetrator, changes everything. Definitely. And, and, and it's long overdue. Uh, and and, and as, as a woman uh, and as a mom of two girls, uh, absolutely. It, um, I'm, I'm happy this is happening. And, and it's been a very instructive and uh, teachable time for my children. I just, we've sat down and we watched all the reports, especially with that horrible, horrible doctor. Um, and, and, and even some instances where, where, yeah. some, where some parents didn't actually necessarily believe their children. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. And, and that's why I, I, I always tell my kids, you know what? You can come tell me anything. Mm-hmm. You're not at fault. You, you let me know. That's and, 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 that, and, the, and their instincts mean something. If right. you think something is wrong, it's, it's, it's wrong. Yeah, there's something there that has to be addressed. It goes back, let me draw this back to our earlier discussion regarding truth. It is true that sexual predators should be uh, addressed justly. It is true that racism is wrong. It is true that yes. race is, should not be tolerated. That's mm-hmm. not just my truth. I think that's a fundamental truth of human nature. No matter what I think personally about it, I think it's true beyond what I said. And this goes back to Martin Luther King's uh, wonderful paper, I think one of the greatest papers letters ever written called the letter from Birmingham prison or jail where he argued in a very profound fashion with his own pen using scraps of paper that there are some laws um, laws are things we should follow and, and obey if they are just but in the same token if a law is unjust we are morally obligated to disobey it why? Because okay. there's a fundamental truth to human nature. And one of those truths is the equality or the treatment of equality of all men, women, and children, regardless of creed, race, or background, because we are made in the image of God, which is actually in the foundational documents of the Declaration of Independence, which he harkened back to in 1963, saying in the, in the beginning founding documents say that all men are created by, uh, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights of which are life, liberty. Truth. Okay, that, so but, that goes back to that. You can't do that unless you have a creator, unless there's some kind of notion of truth to deal with, not just whatever we want it to be. And 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 I do agree with that. But we also have to remember too that 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 people are behind making those laws. There's some less like if you, I, I'm a black person. You, 50, 60 years ago, I couldn't sit the same counter as you. Yeah, I couldn't drink from the same counter as you. And the, the, and those were laws based on mm-hmm. people's truths and beliefs. So um, King would say we're obligated to disobey those laws because they violate the fundamental laws of nature given to us by our creator. And thank, thank God for, those, for those, those people that came before us, the civil rights people, Rosa Parks, everybody, Martin Luther King, everybody, um, John Lewis, because otherwise, you know, we, would, we wouldn't be here. Uh, black those people, people were Christian ministers, by the way. Yes. Fundamental beliefs in the that gospel of equality, that, that the blood of Jesus is, is at the foot of the cross. Everyone is equal. Doesn't yes. matter where you're from. I loved uh, Dr. Poulton, what um, Sosenisin, who was in a Russian gulag for most of his um, adult life, argued that good and evil, the line between good and evil, is not between classes, between races, between political parties. It's between every single human heart. Mm. 
every one of us is capable of, capable of profound angelic good and the worst demonic evil given the certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And when we're humble enough to recognize that, I think real change can happen in our lives. That's fantastic. So, so do you think Christianity is leading the way in terms of diversity? And, 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 and not, just, not just diversity, but, but our value of different people. And our, are we moving in the right direction? I think so. I think the majority of people in the civil rights movement were deeply spiritual people who really believed in the gospel coming from Jesus. So those people reached out for that and they were ones that foundational for that. Also the, um, the, the movement that ended slavery in Europe and moved off and stretched over into the United States, emancipation um, proclamation come from Lincoln, who was himself a believer. Um, also from the movement called the, um, I forgot to call uh, the name of the, uh, the movement that stopped slavery in England. The, um, Ah, Wilberforce was one of the ones who headed that. He uh-huh. was a strong believer in Christ and believer that all men, what, it doesn't matter the color and shape of your skin, you're made by God and you'll be treated with dignity. And today, uh, if you would take a look at the humanitarian organizations worldwide, the ones that are reaching out and trying to make a difference, the vast majority, nine, eight, eight times out of 10 or nine times out of 10 are held by people of faith. Okay. Not so, atheists, so, not others. Now, have you always been a man of faith? <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> when when did you um what 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 uh what brought you here when, what was there a pivotal moment a transformative moment what uh well, I had a number of them of course um people uh, one of them when I was about fifteen years old on a bed of suicide where I was really questioning the significance of life the meaning hmm. of life and the the point of it all because ultimately at the end of the day all of us will be worm food all of us <laughs> will die. And I thought about that to a point where I drove my teachers crazy. I drove my parents crazy. I drove myself apparently to a point of intellectual psychosis because I couldn't come get past the grave that I will one day become a member of. So, so you, sorry. So at 15, you were grappling with the idea of what, what the meaning of life, or, or yes. what happened to you or what, what? Right. I wasn't depressed per se. I wasn't leaning toward a clinical area of where you can call me about, um, problematic in that sense. No, I came to the conclusion intellectually, existentially, that life has no meaning ultimately if we're all dead. If this is all there is, if the atheists are right, if the materialists are correct, then nothing else exists. What's the point? Just end it now and get it over with. I so, a knife to actually do that at that time. So there was stuff, um, and there was stuff happening around you that, that made you believe that? Well, it wasn't major events that happened. I was just thinking about it in my, in my own um, mindset. Uh, just reading the works of the great thinkers of the world and reading uh, and seeing the people in front of me, like my uncle died. He, was, uh, he died of cancer and I saw him die. And it was mm-hmm. difficult for me. And as I began to intellectually grow and mature, um, it, it, uh, the reality of death hit me hard. Yes. Mom, are we all dying? Don't talk about that. Dad, is this going to happen to me? Don't, let's not talk about you. are too young to talk about that. <laughs> so I'll ask my clergy and they would avoid the questions. But some people didn't avoid the questions. The materialists, mm-hmm. the people who believed in Freudian analysis, said that the, the belief in God is some kind of wish fulfillment. We believe it because we wanted to believe it because we cannot deal with the reality of life. So I bought into that. I really thought about that. And I began to pray for the first time in my life to ask if God, if you're real, if there is a being out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the radio in my room came on. I don't recall turning it on. I may have unconsciously. I don't know. Hmm. And a man began to talk about real life, real hope, real. Yes. God. And if I were to die today, would I be going up or down? 
would I be going to heaven or hell? I'm not going to cease to exist. And if there is sin on my soul, I have to address that. And this is not the end for those who think they're committing suicide. If there are any of your listeners now who are contemplating that, don't. One of my um, colleagues at the college, her, um, her daughter, her younger daughter died and her older daughter didn't know how to deal with it. Five years later, that 17-year-old daughter jumped off a 22-story building. Oh, wow. Her mother walked outside the balcony and saw her daughter's body. That is tattooed on her mind forever. If you're thinking about suicide, if you're listening to anybody, think of the implications of those who love you. Yes. This is not just about you. I went through that myself. And I think there's a God who loves you and there are people who love you and you can make it through this because if anybody, if I can make it through it, anybody can. I'm, 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 I'm so happy that you're sharing that. And, and I, I, you're also um, touching on the fact that I think we have a pretty unhealthy relationship, relationship with death. Uh, it's, 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 it's odd. You know, um, I think I shared before that I, I lost four people, including my parents and four yes. years. And I, w- I was just, it was devastating. Sorry. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, and, you know, people show up to the funeral, they call you before, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry you heard that, da-da-da, you went through that experience. And then the funeral happens, and the next day, everybody's gone. Mm-hmm. And now you're, now you're left broken on the inside, and you're feeling, okay, what's going on? And as you said, you start contemplating, hey, what is the meaning of, meaning of life? What's the point of getting up and going to work mm-hmm. when I see that my loved ones have just, just lost their lives unnecessarily at, at, at a time where I think they shouldn't have left? So, so, so you, it definitely plays with you. And, and, and if you can't talk about it and, and you can't get help, then you're left kind of holding the bag and it, and it can really, really be a burden for some people. And I know it was for me, if, if, if not for counseling, and I say it very proudly, if not for counseling, I would not be sitting here today wow. given, what, given all that, that, that I went through. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and counseling, God, and also <laughs> and my husband who <laughs> picked me up literally off the floor wow. and said, what do you need? I had two mm-hmm. small children and he was there. And so, luckily, I, 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 I chose a, a good spouse. <laughs> That's powerful. To help you go through this. So, 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 absolutely, I, I do understand. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm so glad that you, and I thank you for, for being honest and sharing that experience with you. And uh, hopefully, if, if one person hears this message today, or this, this video today, or the um, interview, I think, I think, you know, we've done well. Well, it helps. And I'll say that God himself says to the prophet Isaiah that though your mother and father should forget you, I will never forget you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the God who made you has a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. The fact that even listening to this is a clue that yes. you can actually change your world for the better. Yes. You've gotten abilities, uh, resources within you that are just profound. You just have to cultivate those. Absolutely. What God could do through you. And, uh, and, and nothing happens by chance. You know, it's, it, it, I've been pretty attuned to stuff that's gone on for, for a pretty long time. Even like my, my teens, I, I always felt kind of weird. Compared to, like while people were reading like romance novels, I was reading like psychology and all these really deep things. <laughs> uh, and I remember finishing undergrad mm. and I went, I decided to uh, go to Trinidad, my parents' hometown, mm-hmm. home country. And so I went there for two weeks and then went to Barbados to visit my girlfriends um, from, from, from undergrad for a week. Okay. And while in, while in Trinidad, uh, I went to a beach. Oh, let me rewind for a second. Before I left for that trip to Trinidad, mm-hmm. a, a, a woman who I ran track and field with, her, her, her brother from Toronto had gone to the Cayman Islands for a, for a, a vacation, I guess, with his friends and actually ended up drowning in, in, in the mm-hmm. Cayman Islands. It was, you know, it was, it was, hearing about that was really devastating. So fast forward a few weeks, I went to Trinidad 
and went to the beach. It's like, if you think, just imagine how crazy the beaches are, you know, when summertime, everyone's uh-huh. drinking, they're eating and da, da, da. And I went into the water and there were probably easily probably 60 people around me. Mm-hmm. This person, this guy came up to me and he said, he goes, how you doing? Da, 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 da. And he said, and I said to him, he goes, oh, you're going to, you're going to go further out in the water. I said, I go, me. I said, no way. No way. <laughs> and then he said to me, he goes, yeah, my, 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 my cousin just passed away. In the, mm. Cayman, in the Cayman Islands. And I said, what? And we kept talking, and it turns out that it was his cousin. So I knew the wow. cousin in Toronto, mm-hmm. who, the, the woman that I knew, it was her brother who passed away, who happened to be that guy's cousin. So I left Toronto, went to Trinidad, went to a crowded beach, and this person... And this is who you bump into. Wow. Exactly. And share that story. So, mm-hmm. so, so I, I really believe that there's, things are not random. Um, you know, we're, we're connected. We, mm-hmm. we, there's, there are, there's order. Mm-hmm. And if we pay attention, we, we, can, we can see that we're, that we're not alone and that, there, that, that there's, there, there's, there, there's, there's stuff, there's messages that, that, are, that are telling us that, you know what, everything is okay and things are working out and, 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 our, and our steps are being guided. I really, I really can Absolutely right, right. And while you said that, I, there are so many profound connections in our own lives that are just around us. We just don't see them all. Yes. We just don't see them all. Uh, John Piper, a great theologian, recently said that God is constantly working in our lives on a daily basis. We may only see three out of the 100,000 events and he's putting together orchestrating for us on a daily basis. Amazing. Uh, sometimes the thing that happened to you on the beach is just boom, right in your face. You can see that. And a lot of the events I happen to me are similar. What's this? How is this happening? Is this a chance coincidence? No, not if there's a God who loves me and cares for me and is putting together the world like a massive chessboard. There are things that are troubling for me. There are things that, are, that bring me to tears, but there are also wondrous heights of glory and ecstasy. Um, and at all that by chance, I don't buy it. The very DNA molecule is one of the most complex DNA, uh, maps in the universe. It, it not only um, gives you the detailed, intricate design of each and every living species on the planet, but it also has a program that puts it all together when it's in the right environment in the womb of the, of the parent, whether it's a mammal, an insect, or a human. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that profound, detailed speck of mathematical um, uh, equations that are put together just in the DNA molecule alone are evidence of design that's profound. And to ignore it is the height of a naivety. To ignore that there's some kind of evidence there for some kind of intelligence. Whether you're looking at the animal kingdom, the, the, the wonderful birds of a hummingbird, Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the wings of a hummingbird, <laughs> or you're looking at the events that happen in our lives, tragic or ecstatic. There are feats that God is using to draw us to himself. We just have to open our eyes to them. And, and, and I, I, I love the fact that we're talking about the positives and, 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 and knowing that, um, you know, that, uh, that there, there, there is an entity that, that's assisting us. And, and, and that said, mm-hmm. why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen? <laughs> that, that, that is a $10 million question, right? <laughs> uh, anybody who can answer that question is just more than just a Nobel Prize for that one. Uh, we need to, as the question is asked, and, and you mentioned talking about people's perspectives. Sometimes I find myself as a philosopher, as a thinker, as a theologian in areas uh, in philosophy. I want to give a logical, rational reason to people. But I, I sometimes have, in my experience, I've, had to realize I'm talking to a person here who may have lost a loved one who's going through the pain is raw. Mm-hmm. The, the wound is raw. And uh, some answers don't come 
through propositions. They come through a touch. They come through someone holding them. Mm. Uh, so the, the, the question itself is you're not just addressing a theoretical issue. You're addressing a practical issue that has fingers and it has blood sometimes all over it. Uh, whether you're talking about the, the massive shootings that are happening um, across the United States or the explosions happening in the Middle East and Turkey, the, 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 the suicide bombs that have made the country just go back mm -hmm. into itself to re and security checks are becoming pro prominent, limiting people's freedom across the board. Um, whether you're talking about that or on an individual level, you're suffering. It's, it's a profound question. Um, first, we need to ask, what on earth do we mean by evil? What do we mean by that? Because evil itself is cannot, let me say this as clear as I can, it cannot exist unless you have some kind of semblance or understanding of an objective good. If evil is just whatever people want it to be, if it's mm -hmm. all just opinion, then it's just your opinion that it's bad. You know, deal with it, as Sigmund Freud said. It's the survival of the fittest, as Darwin said. Okay. The strong survive, the weak die. So just go. No, but no, but it is wrong for rape. It is wrong to have genocide across uh, places of uh, Yugoslavia and others. But why is it wrong? Unless you have some uh, a standard that calls things wrong, then you can't have one. Absolutely. And something to this, if I may just wrap this fire up and you can jump into it. Evil, by definition, is a deviation from the way things ought to be. Mm -hmm. If I could put it as succinct as possible. But you can't have a way things ought to be unless there is a way things ought to be. And you can't have a way things ought to be unless there was an intelligent mind that put it that way. If it's all blind chance, then it's survival of the fittest. The strong overcome the weak, and that's just how, how we have to deal with it. But we don't have to deal with that, do we? Martin Luther King was right. If you do not have something worth living, uh, dying for, then you don't have something worth living for. Mm -hmm. and whatever that is, it has to be something greater than yourself. And I love that. And I, and I agree with what you're saying. I do. I, 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 admittedly, I, I wrestle with that question all the time because I look at people who are doing amazing things here on earth and, then, but and their lives are just taken. And then yeah. you've got people who are killing people mm -hmm. and, and, and just practicing evil Right. Literally, mm -hmm. and their lives are being spared, and and it's there's no, and and I guess it, it just I guess you, you you can't make sense of it. I guess once we leave here, then we'll, then maybe we'll get the answers later on or, or at mm -hmm. some point. Uh, but it's it 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 actually is it, it can be really frustrating when you when you really try to um, make sense of things because it, me, it's it's nonsensical a lot of the times. It is. It is. It's very difficult. Let me give you an example. So I take my son to the doctor, little Daniel Zacharias. Uh, he was three at the time. My wife and I was with us with him. And he's questioning, why is this doctor holding me down? And why is he putting this sharp, painful needle in my body causing me pain? And you're my father and you're letting it happen. Huh. And he's looking at me with tears running down his cheeks. Aww. And how am I going to explain to him that the, the, the neurological aspect, uh, part of your brain needs to fight the, um, the, the diseases that are going to be spreading a ground culture, and you need to have this immunization, immunization given to you by a small part of that virus. It's going to stop these viruses from coming in because you'll develop a strong immunity to it, giving your white blood cells a strong account to be able to address that on a deep physiological level. Mm -hmm. He's going to look at me and say, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Just, all I have to do is hold his hand and say, with tears, Trust me. Mm. Mm -hmm. So when I'm going through pain, when you're going through suffering, when the world around you is hell, Christ reaches his hand out and says, trust me. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. And you know what's profound, Dr. Poulton? Not just that he says, I'm trust me, 
but he proved it. If I look closer at the hand that's reaching to me, I see nail marks. And no other god has that. All the other gods, whether you're talking about Buddha, who's not a god, by the way, he doesn't even claim to be, he's actually more atheistic. Mm-hmm. He's sitting serene, and he actually denies that there's such a thing as real evil, if you really read Buddhism. He's not Allah from Islam who sits on his throne waiting for us to come to him. He gets off his throne, walks into earth, gets beaten and bloodied, and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. That is the God I'm believing in. And so what sets him apart is not only that he suffered like we did, but he also walked into our suffering and says, trust me, I know what I'm doing. And there's evidence for him in his death and resurrection more than anybody else in history. I'm not downgrading the other religions in face. We can believe them. This is a, a culture that opens the door for that. But it's only that way because there's Christians who are on, in, the, uh, in the positions of power that allow that. If you go to East Asian countries and Muslim countries, they do not allow it. They don't. If I were to walk down the streets of Saudi Arabia and denounce Muhammad, I would be, I would be denounced uh-huh. in my head. Yes. Good uh, luck with that. The only reason I have for religious freedom in this country is because Christians put that into play earlier. And sadly, many of us Christians don't even follow that. But we try to. That is, that is the goal. Um, well, I may have gotten well, off topic here. but No, no. I, it's, it's, it's completely on topic. And, and you, you are expressing your faith. You are a man of faith. Um, and whether you call yourself Christian or not or whatever, I, I look at the heart. And I can see that you have a good heart. You've got good intentions. And uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It was an honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Before I go, though, I'd like to actually ask my guests a question about um, you know, their, their biggest diversity moment. Can you, can you share an example? It could be related to religion. or You, talked about, you shared about your students with, with race and, and them sharing experiences of discrimination. Is, is there a pivotal time or a moment that, that happened with you um, when you just understood more about diversity? Yes. Um, because I'm more lighter skinned than some of my Middle Eastern colleagues, I don't experience some of the, the, the overt racism around me than others, or if I do, it's, it's different. But w- one particular period, I was finishing up my doctoral work in England. It was uh, right after 9-11. Mm. Hit, mm-hmm. uh, where 11, uh, the 19 terrorists of Saudi Arabians, Arabs, Muslims. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were really looking closely at Arabs in the country and around the world. So, you know, Britain was really on a par. The, 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 the tech levels were very high, watching specifically for anybody of that background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had grown my beard out <laughs> so much. It was like this. I said, I'm not cutting it until I finish this, doc- this, this, this thesis. <laughs> <laughs> my fiance at the time didn't like it. <laughs> I got to finish it. It's my, it's my motivation. Yes. So I walked into the airport. Uh, and then quickly red flags are going off. I'm from Jordan. I'm born in Jordan. I have this big beard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I probably am a Muslim because of that. And I may be a terrorist, right? Yep. Uh, no, he more than likely. So I was asked to pull, come out of the line. Mm-hmm. It was in London. And I was checked. My stuff was going. So what's, what's the deal? I didn't do anything. I'm not even on your watch list. No, no, we just random check. So, yeah, really. Random. Random. Check. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. Uh, but that was a, a moment that, that, that dawned on me. Look. This is what's happening around the world. I have to see, look, I have to deal with the fact that people are afraid, they're xenophobic, and I have to address that on a personal level. Even though I'm not, not buy into that ideology, I fit into that people group, that yes. stereotype too, buy into it. Mm-hmm. And sadly, there are people within my stereotype, within my people group, who fill that stereotype very well. And of course, they're on the cover of CNN, right? Uh, so we make everybody else who's not in it look bad. So that was and- a moment for me that woke me up regarding some of the, the struggles people face um, 
with uh, discrimination and, and diversity in a culture that's predominantly the other. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing that experience. And I, I think the lesson is that we need to always uh, be cognizant that we're not clumping, uh, lumping um, people into one box based upon how they look. There's, there's diversity even within, even within diverse groups. Of course. So, so I appreciate you, appreciate your time today. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you again. Thanks, thanks Dr. Swice. Thank and where can people find you? Uh, the website is logicallyfaithful.com uh, where I have a myriad of different resources about 10 things science cannot do. It's a free book that I put together. Uh, nice. It's, it's uh, called Blind Spots of Science. You just get that for free just by going on the website and, and uh, clicking on that. Okay. There's a lot of good resources there, so I recommend you go there, especially if you're going through a difficult time. Awesome. So logicallyfaithful.com, and, and, and someone can reach out to you as well at, at that site. Of course. Okay, wonderful. I so appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on my show today. Thank you. It was an Take honor. Take care. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye.